Congratulations, you made it to the X-Fill. You can relax, unpack your bags, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host, Ronald, a.k.a. Eric, and also joining us is another XP Media podcast host, and if you've been with us since the beginning, we've got a returning guest from episode two, or third in the podcast feed. From before we even had a name for the show, we were doing it on our old general podcast, The One Heart is back with us, joining us again for episode 23. But if you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you do too. But welcome. So we're roughly a week into the wipe, and holy cow, fun, frustrating, different. We're going to get into all of that. (laughs) But uh, first, let's get a couple hideout keeping things out of the way. And the first and foremost, the best thing you can do to support the show, um, share it with a friend or somebody who's thinking about picking up the game, or if they just pick up the game and you're getting all the questions that we're probably all feeling right now at the beginning of the wipe, how do I do this? What are the traders? How do I make this gun that I just found? All of that stuff. Let them know to come here and let them know about the Discord as well. It's an amazing community of you all and super helpful. Other than that, you can like, comment, rate us on your app of choice or YouTube. And then for those of you that are looking to directly support the podcast, we do have the Patreon up as well. And thank you so much for our current patrons. If you're looking to engage with me or chat or talk, whatever, the best place possible for that is Twitch. Stream a couple days a week there starting at about 1 p.m. Central most of the time. And it's at MTB Trigger. I'm MTB Trigger in Discord, MTB Trigger on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can find me. That's pretty much the only place you're going to see MTB Trigger is on all those. But yeah, Ronald, Kev, how are you guys? Ronald, I'll have you let everybody know how you're doing, how to get in touch with you. And uh, yeah, you can kick it over to Kev. Sounds good. What's up, everybody? Doing pretty good. It's been an interesting week in Tarkov. I'm sure it has for all of you as well. Uh, first of all, hideout keeping stuff. If you're looking to get a hold of me, you can definitely get a hold of me in uh, MTV Trigger stream. I usually hang out there when he's streaming and talk to people as we watch him own everybody in Factory. Or you can also hit me up in Discord at Ronald. Top into the host section. Find me there. Send me a DM. We're all in Discord. Let's be honest. Way more than we want to admit these days. And then, of course, if they have something more official that you don't want to send in Discord, you could always email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. Also, tonight is kind of a special night because we've been talking about the website and our blogs that we've had up on the website for the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about that, and we still want you to go check that out if you haven't already done that. But the author of those blogs is The One Heart, so we're very excited to have him here. So if you love that, that's fantastic. Let him know. If you don't like it, just pass on by. No, just kidding. <laughs> let me know. You know, <laughs> He wants know. to yeah. know too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I write those. But we're very happy to have uh, Kev doing something that he's very good at and writing those blogs uh, using some of his professional skill for the XP Media blog. So we're pretty excited about that. So with that, 
I'll toss it over to you, Kev. How how you doing? How's your week been? Good. Uh, like everyone else, you know, wake up, go to work, and then get to like your real job now is Tarkov and this wipe. You know, so you're <laughs> you're at, you're at work, but you're you're planning your next run outside of Tarkov. Places you can find me, you can read those blogs. I should probably write more. I think these guys in this call right now will uh, be the first to let me know that I need to write more. But I've been playing a lot of Tarkov. Other than that, you know, I'm on Twitter at the one heart uh, underscore. And then you can find me in Discord. I'm always hanging out in the Xville or our uh, other Discord for Trigger and I, which is the Winner Winner Discord, which is the PUBG podcast that is coming back for Season 3. So I'm excited to get back to talking about that game. I was having a blast playing PUBG up until they dropped the wipe bomb on us. And, you know, the end of wipe pre-wipe event came and it was like, oh no, all the guns that I hoarded and was afraid to use, I now have to get rid of. Like you guys, it was my first wipe. So I had held on to those top tier weapons and was like, I'll use them at the end. I never got through all those guns at the end, but I went really, really hard. So hard that like I was in the very last game I could before they just kicked me out of the servers. And then I was exhausted and I didn't even play the first day of wipe. So I too just absolutely ended with so much stuff that was ridiculous by the point of the end of the wipe. So like, do you know how many guns you left in your stash or stash value? Did you even look? I mean, just in preparation, I know I had at least like 40 or 50 guns and I had like 15 million I didn't know what to do with. So like even when 995 was like 2,500 around, which obviously went down to two rubles around the last night, but I spent like 8 million just on 995 because I didn't know what else to spend it on. So I was like, we'll just, we'll just run all those M4s that are sitting in there. Yeah, I had way too many guns. They were all meta and I really kicked myself for not using them two months before the wipe instead of two days before the wipe. But right. that event was fun. That it was a blast. And it, it was nice playing customs with like these crazy scavs and playing everyone just completely kitted. I know that that gets drawn out and tired for people who are good at it and have all that stuff earlier. But for those of us who hold on to it, it was fun to play with. So I think it's definitely something for the more average player or the newer player to enjoy and prepare to become more of a, more of a Chad. Yeah, I had a lot of fun playing with the uh, Dadcaster HK that was like this... Uh... The gun that I had the most gear fear over because it was my favorite gun. And so then the last couple of days, I just built a bunch of them and it was a it was a good time. I ran the same thing. It was fantastic. Yeah, but the reason you had gear fear over it because it was a <laughs> souped up HK that in the middle of the wipe was like, what, a couple hundred thousand rubles like at 300K least? 300K on its own. Yeah. Yeah. It was silly. I think the version of it that I was using in the middle of the wipe was more like 550 to build. It had like basically everything. It was the Ferrari of HKs, but it's a fun, fun gun to use. And I remember when you got it, right? And then you had the preset and then you built a bunch of them. And then there was the point where, you know, we started doing some of the harder tasks and it's like, Gear Fear is such a real thing. And I just sort of forgot about it. And I just think back to that gun and how stoked you were on it when you found it. Because I remember it was an interesting time before you found that gun and then you were running that. And I think it was an M1A or something else that you were running. And I got attached to the AK-74M, which I'm looking forward to unlocking in the new wipe. But I don't think we're going to dig too much into the pre-wipe event. We really want to talk about the new wipe, what's going on, some early wipe strategies, some 
you know, how to deal with some of the frustrations, perhaps, um, understanding what's going on. I think where I want to start is, let's just talk about this last week. So, almost every show we do the This Week in Tarkov, how was it? You know, so maybe let's start with that and just, you know, how was this week? How did it go? You know, is there any stories that stick out to you? And I don't know, Kev, why don't you kick us off, man? How was how was your week here uh, after Wipe Launch? It's good. I kind of overestimated um, how much I could get done before the wipe. So I thought I'd be moving just a little bit faster. But overall, with the amount of raids I have in, I'm at 30 raids. I'm at 60% survival and just about to hit level 13. So I think that's like a decent like pace for me. And the Did time you say 30 or 13? Sorry. 30 raids, level 13. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, what? Yeah, so <laughs> that's been like super focused on tasking and only really doing like scavs or um, like fun money runs when I could, which is a huge change of pace from me last wipe where I was scaving more than half of the time and uh, making a lot of money that way. I wouldn't say it was a waste of time, but it was not as focused as it is now, where I'm trying to like really get a task done every time I go in. But it's been fun. I think we're all kind of feeling like the first episode we talked about right before we hit record, where it's uh first episode title was, why isn't Tarkov holding my hand? It's crazy, right? Because this is the thing that keeps coming up. And I think one of the things that I talked about, just the thankfulness on the episode ago or two ago, of just this idea of understanding other play styles, play times, all of that stuff. And the more I dig into like my stats on Tarkov, the more I start thinking about how everything's being effective. Because like, I don't know, you talk about number of raids and that kind of stuff. So and again, as of right now, so it's 12.6 wipe came out a week ago as we're talking. It's going to be a little bit more than that by the time you hear this. But I have 73 raids in. I survived 38, so I have a 52% survival rate, and I'm level 21. And I think I would kind of echo what you said. Like, I planned to put in a bunch of time. If you're a weekend and you're like, holy cow, 73 raids, I had actually planned to put in a boatload more time than I did, but my five-year-old broke his arm riding a bike, so that knocked out one of the afternoons I had set aside. My sister's wedding is actually coming up, and the craziness going on in the world right now, and we hope you all are safe, but that sort of changed a bunch of plans and had to have a lot more conversations with my family going on, and that's eaten up a few nights as well. So I have more playtime than most, I'm aware of that, but I was planning to get a lot more in. So for me, I actually echo the same sentiment, but it's relative to my playtime that I had scheduled for this. Is I, I thought that by the time we recorded the first episode when it fell, that I was going to be closer to level 30 with more like 100 raids in. And even when I hit 100 raids, I don't think I'll be level 30 just because of the pacing and the challenge that the new find and raid system takes place. But I will say that I've had some incredible stories and some tragedies happen so far. The first time I had two find and raid gas analyzers, I decided to go check the stash at Emercom right by the exfil and got headshot while I was prone <laughs> looting that stash. And I had no idea how hard gas analyzers were going to be to find. So that was my tragedy. And then I've had crazy stuff happen. Like when I was able to get the pocket watch task done on the very first attempt and I was owning, like I had a Mosin and I was killing scavs and players left and right. And I finally get to the truck, open the door, unlock it, 
And as I'm unlocking it, I get shot in the back by a scav from that concrete tower. My entire life left my body. I was just like, no, I got all the way over here. I killed all these people. And then somehow, as soon as the unlocking mechanism stopped, I was able to scope in and just one tap them with a Mosin, grab the pocket watch, kill a few more scavs on the way out and, and got out. And so I've already had some of the most memorable experiences in Tarkov in this early wipe. And I'm I'm super excited to dig into it. So like, Kev, have you had anything like crazy cool happen so far? Before we get into the crazy stories, I mean, I, I'm kind of interested to see how Ronald's uh, early wipe has been going too. I mean, we, we got, you know, I'm, I'm at 30 raids, you're at about 78. Um, yeah. Our levels, I think, kind of reflect that with, with a mission focus, right? But that's us like specifically grinding the missions and planning out like how can we do two at once? How can we, how can right. we min-max our time specifically around missions, not making money or anything like that? So I have a question for you both. How often do you play with other people? Every raid, pretty much. One to two people, usually. Oh, that's a harder question for me. Um, not as frequently. If I do, it's usually like planned out on a stream or it's because somebody needs help with something or like I had a key. So I'm going to think about it while I answer. Like one of the cool things that's happened is because once you take a key into a raid, it's no longer found in raid. And now that key is useless to you other than selling to therapist, but it's more useful to your friends who aren't on that task yet. So one of the things that's happened for me and I've done a lot of is pass on my keys. So like Kevin uh, Tisdale, if you know Tiz, uh, were doing some tasks and shot me a DM and we're like, hey, do you have this key? <laughs> we need to do this. And I did. And I had already done it. So we went in a factory raid. I dropped the key and... Then they went on their way after that. So we partied a um, bit. We partied a bit and cleared. That yeah, we server. did. We had a great factory raid. That's right. Yeah, cleared out the PMCs and then farmed scabs for quite a while, which was great. Yeah. Um, but overall, I play solo probably eighty to ninety percent of the time. But you've also, you know, trigger. We've also talked before about your large amount of FPS experience too, right? So that definitely translates to that solo play. Yes, absolutely. To make it more efficient. And that's awesome and, and great. So my raid so far, my wipe so far is 50 raids. I have 13 survived raids. So I have a 26% survival rate. I have two run-throughs of that and 35 deaths. And I would say all but four of those raids I've played by myself. Uh, and I'm, I'm level eight. Kev, what was your number again? Um, raids total? Raids total, 30 with like 22 survived. And okay. again, like straight tasking though. Like I can I can count on one hand the amount of raids that I've done for fun. Not that they haven't ended up fun, but you know. It's super interesting. No, it's super interesting because I think, I think it's all over the board. So I, I guess I'm curious because, you know, you're, you're sort of framing it in a way. Why, why are you asking? Because I'm curious, right? Because these stats are super interesting to me. Because I think, I mean, I ask people in stream and I mean, everyone's all over the board, right? There's people that haven't even really started yet. There's people that were grinding like crazy at the end of the wipe. And, you know, in Discord today, they were like, yeah, I'm level five. I haven't been that motivated. And I'm like, what? How? Why? Who are you? And it's like, wait a minute. I play very differently than everybody else. So what's, uh, why, are you, why did you ask the solo play? Because I think that getting tasks done is a team sport. I don't think task completion is really something that the solo gamer can really do. With the changes that have been made, there's a couple things that I really feel like the casual gamers really took a hit this wipe. And I think that this is one of them. If you don't have friends to play with or you play at odd times, so my biggest problem so far is 
my real life job has shifted my time to play. I've had to stay up overnights for the last couple of days. And so because of that, no one's really on, you know, and I haven't really had the opportunity to play with anybody. And the game is infinitely harder when you try to do it all by yourself. So I've had to do things instead of try to do tasks. I've had to focus on just trying to get XP to get to level 10 to get to the flea market because the game is very hard before you get to level 10. And so that's 50 raids worth of stuff that I'm funding by selling matches at $169 a pack and stuff like that, which is which I think is a bad change. And so my my point is that I think that so far I would say that this this wipe has been really awful for the casual player. I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on that. But in general, of the 50 raids, I've done 12 of them today because I I made a focus that I needed to get more XP. So this was just factory, farming factory. And, My favorite. <laughs> and, you know, some success, a lot of failure. But at the same time, it's the only way to really get XP to push over that hump. I don't think there's a really a good reason why the flea market's locked behind level 10 with how the game is right now i don't see any reason why it's locked behind level 10 i don't i don't see any reason why it's not locked behind level 1 honestly but if if you want to make the argument for it being locked 5 was was good because the casual player is not going to be able to get enough gear to sell to traders to fund their progression in the current state of the game because i mean i'm i'm feeling it i'm used to having a lot of money but I'm having I'm struggling with economy because I still have to buy guns and buy things to use. And then it takes, you know, 40 minutes to go do a scav run. And if you die, you are out the time, plus you don't have any money. It's kind of a repeating cycle at Tarkov, right? But if I had the flea market, the stuff that I did get, I could sell for a lot more than the traders would buy. And it would balance off that that amount of gear that I'm losing versus gear that I have to keep going with. And so it's really interesting. I would say that uh I would say I'm not actually enjoying myself right now. I don't think the game is fun in its current iteration for people who are maybe not the best at FPS and more casual. And I think that that group, it's probably the silent minority, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's nobody else like me out there. But if there's one other person, that person and I are not enjoying it. You know, with all that being said, what do you guys think about what I just said? I actually agree with almost everything that you would say. I mean, I've thought a lot about how this will affect the casual player base, right? Because we've talked about it on a few episodes now. A lot of people have opinions on the find and raid changes. And I guess what I would say is I was expecting to have like an 80 to 90% survival rate, you know, because at the end of the wipe, that's, that's kind of where if I was focused on stuff, that's kind of where I got to. This may sound crazy, but I'm struggling. Now, you know, I've made good progress. My stash value, I think, is okay. Uh, I've done pretty good on tasks. But I'll say this, the new scav pathing, the early wipe, which I've never experienced before, and this find and raid change, like, I didn't realize how much I relied on flipping items. I didn't realize how much I relied on making trades and then selling those items on the flea market or buying stuff from the flea market, etc. And I don't think that surprises me. Um, I think when I hit level 10, which again, I was able to do pretty quick, 
right? And I, I went into factory early to to farm and without the factory key, I struggled. Like I seriously don't think I survived a factory raid under level seven. Like I had to get really lucky. I had to go in there five, six, seven times before I was able to secure the gate three and get out. But I do think that these changes punish the casual player right now. And the one in particular that is ultra punishing is the level 10 flea market requirement. Because you're sitting on a bunch of items that if you do get out of raid, yeah, you can level up your traders. Yeah, so you can get some rules that way. But even my economy right now, like if I log in right now, I have just over, I think, let me just tab over. Like I think I have just over, yeah, I have a little bit over a million rubles liquid. And I have a fair amount of guns and stuff like that. I just think to some of the tasks that I just had to do, I had to get six of the AK-60 rounders. Well, the flea market with this find and raid change is a true representation of scarcity in the game. It's a true MMO-like market, but with PvP enabled all the time. So everybody wants to maximize their rubles, so they're going to take advantage of that. So these 60 round mags for AKs are going for 100 to 130,000 rubles per magazine. And I bought six of them not too long ago to get the task done. And then you get three back and you can sell those three back. But that put me down to 500,000 rubles, which again, being used to staying over 20 million rubles just a month ago and being able to buy and do whatever I wanted, it's a struggle. I have to constantly think about everything that's going on. And then the piece that you sort of alluded to, the FPS skill, I know right now that I have been able to save myself just on my FPS skill alone and my hours in FPS that I don't want to say that other people can't do, but I don't think everybody playing Tarkov came from playing 2,000 hours of PUBG, you know, 10,000 hours of Counter-Strike and all that. So yeah, man, I think it's rough. I don't, and I think it's the flea market. I really do. I think the find and rate change is interesting, but the flea market is like, I don't know why it's still behind level 10. I just can't get my head wrapped around that. I'm going to hard disagree on like all of it. Actually, I've been loving it. And the one through 10 grind was a grind. It helps to have some friends for sure. Uh, I think that two to three sweet spot is great for Tarkov uh, in terms of balancing comms versus the brutal nature of like not getting your gear back because you died. Like the biggest thing is like if you're the only one that dies in a raid, it's not that much of a loss because your friend probably hid your stuff. And so you're going to get that back in a day or two. I think the biggest change, though, is that we go from the end of the wipe where we have a canted sight and a long range so we can handle like every situation. We have bullets that can get through anything and armor to back ourselves up. I mean, we are just so well set up to be a super soldier. And then you go and you're like, I got an SKS with iron sights and stuff. But that said, I mean, I found myself switching to AKMs, actually, just using them like an SKS. And running PS and being able to take down anyone who was already level 10 when I was level four, just by, you know, a couple good place body shots or a nice headshot. I don't know. I like using the crappier guns and like a Karasa is like gold, even though it's only level three armor. It feels amazing to like have that. You feel protected right now in another week or two. You're probably not with that. But, you know, everyone's running this sub tier stuff and you find a simple gun with a scope on it. And you're like, oh, my God. And it just makes you value it more. And Woods is actually fun. And if you know me, you know I hated Woods and was like, this place is a hellscape. I can't believe it. You know, and now I'm running around with just a Mosin and a Karasa armor and I'm having a blast on there. And I don't know how much longer that's going to last. But for now, I'm liking the fact that people don't have things 
I like the fact that if I can get to jump on someone who is ahead, you know, a trigger in the world, and I can take all their stuff, now I feel like I'm back in that normal Tarkov that I was used to, but I know it's not going to last. Uh, you're encouraged to use it without the found and raid um, status on it. You know, player gear isn't sellable. You know, you found a good armor, but you can't sell it because that player took it in. It lost found and raid. And so now you're just stuck with an AVS rig or whatever. And it's like, well, I better use it. Maybe I'll save it for a week or two. I currently have one that I got at level five and I haven't found a reason to use it yet because I haven't found a gun to pair it with, with ammo to pair it with to make it feel like it's worth it. But I have that there and it's some good storage. So like not too worried about it. But I'm enjoying this like ratty little early wipe. It doesn't mean you have to be the quote unquote like rat there, but you are playing with early game stuff and you're not you're not spoiled by the crazy amount of gun attachments. It's just like a unique thing that I didn't get too much of in the first wipe and now I'm really experiencing it and I, I like it. I think in another week or two you're gonna have full blown chads again. So I'm enjoying that time. And with the fountain raid change, I've just changed what goes in my gamma when I find it. So instead of having just the thing that sells the highest so I can make money, um, I'm going to gamma that hideout stuff that I need, something for crafting so that I can actually, if I can craft something and make a trade, I'll do that instead because, you know, yeah, it'd be cool to be able to have this thing if I get out and save it, but I have to get out. So it might as well be on my person. I'd rather have blue tapes in my thing because they're going for 30k. If I get out with them, but if I craft some corrugated hoses, which will have found and raid because of the hideout crafting system, 100 to 130k and make enough money. Um, so yeah, I'm putting in, in like military items, stuff that you know that therapist pays for, you put those, you know, in your gamma. But everything else, I kind of just leave because like if it's not going to sell well to her and I die, there's no point in putting it in the secure container now in my mind. Yeah, most of what you said doesn't matter though if you don't have the flea market, and 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 that's and that's really my whole point. I love the um, the hoses and the crafting and all that because I want to get into that because I think there's some really good strategy there. But before we do that, I mean, I'll clarify something as well. I'm actually really enjoying the wipe. I think the changes, fortunately or unfortunately, depends on what side of the coin you're on. They play into my gameplay style really well. I've done quite well with it, but. I want to go back to something, Kev, that you said, and it's related to a point that Ronald, you brought up, right? Ronald, you said, you know, you're playing mostly solo and and you've had to focus on getting XP to move towards the flea market because the flea market is important to you. It's something that you've gotten really good at. It's important to you. And I'm, I'm reading between the lines a little bit there that you've had to grind XP, which isn't necessarily uh, maybe what you want to be doing. And maybe that's why the enjoyment factor is lower or not there right now. Mm, not 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 really though. I'm going to stop you and say that the flea market is important to every player because if you start trying to get a task done and you die 20 times, you run out of money and going to have to scav and it takes so much longer just to get yourself back to the point where you can keep going. And it's a lot longer than it used to be and it doesn't need to be that long to make the game feel difficult. It's kind of in the ridiculous stage in my opinion right now. Yeah, and that that was kind of the line I was going down and made a wrong assumption there. But I guess I wanted to ask Kev the question. So you said that you're playing almost exclusively in groups Mm -hmm. and you've had a task focus. If you were playing solo, do you think you would be anywhere close to the level you are right now? Yeah, um, I think I'd be close. I think I'd be 10 by now. I don't think any of us would be as far as we are. We didn't have some help with keys um, because... 
the things that are struggle that I'm struggling with are just the RNG of keys, the RNG of finding a gas analyzer or the the flash drives. Those sort of things are really all that's been holding me back. So getting a key from a friend, whether or not you can play with them or not, has been helpful. And I've I've been lucky to find most of the keys that I needed, but you know, I've gotten one or two uh, hand-me-downs from you at this point for keys and already am passing that on to other people. A lot of times, if it's just me and one other person, I'll usually try and take the lead on that one, this wipe, which I was following a lot last wipe, which isn't my play style. Just if it comes to sports or anything, I do better if I'm making the decision, like if I'm being decisive or leading the flow, kind of leading the strategy. So I've still been... Even even with a group trying to be the one suggesting that this is the path that we take, this is what we do with the spawn and the situation we're in and how we're going to adapt to it. So I think I'd still be all right in terms of adaptability, but it's just the not not having to worry as much about losing my gear as long as I know my team is going to get out of that. But that said, I still have too many guns, just like last wipe, because of the team play probably, but I have I just have too many guns. So if I was dying more as a solo, I'd probably just have less guns, but I wouldn't have less money i hit my poorest point yesterday at level 12 um simply because of the more of the founded raid kind of status i had kits i had a loadouts but i was down to 4k literally down to 4,000. and it was because i put all my money into the hideout and into questing stuff so it's the founded raid that i think is keeping people really poor what makes the the uh, flea market so powerful is being able to play the way you want in terms of your loadout having the site that you're most comfortable with having the armor that you know or or at least provides you with that like security kind of blanket i think is important to a lot of players including myself like feeling comfortable but using a really random adar with like the ugliest site i've ever seen in my life that's been fine using iron sights has been fine using the paper thin blue armors and stuff that like scoffed at last wipe has turned out to be fine because everyone else is kind of using crappy ammo so i don't think like there's enough people way ahead yet that make early wipe not fun and it's the scrappiness and kind of the desperation of players you know having that guy like did he leave yeah i think that guy just left his friends jesus well i guess we'll try and loot and then you go to loot and you get you get capped because that guy really just dipped healed and completely relocated and got you on a kill um or, or they did just leave but it's just it just feels more scrappy, and I think the the flea market part extends the early game, which I think is is interesting and unique, and in another month it won't be there anymore, and we'll be kind of bored. Or not bored. We'll still be working pretty hard, but like you'll just lose that. It's just a spe- it feels it feels special to be in this early wipe time, and I appreciate it. You know, and, and what I don't totally disagree with what you're saying, but I think that I think you represent a group of players that play together. And you're you're not having the experience of the group of players that don't play with other people. Yeah. And so I th- I think it's a totally different experience. And I think that based on kind of what I've gone through doing this, it's needlessly punishing. There's a line between fun and just uninstall, right? And I think they pushed the people who don't have tons of people to play with or played odd schedules, however big that group is, I think they pushed them towards uninstall really hard. And I think that it wasn't necessary to save the fun for the people like you that play a lot and that have friends that can play a lot or to save the experience of the super chads and the streamers who complain about everything. I don't think it was necessary to push that that gray line of the game mechanics so far away to make the game fun for everybody. And I 
I really think there's a segment of players, I really do feel this way, kind of talking with people in XFIL and just random samples of people. I really think there is a silent group, however large they are, that are really struggling right now. And they're struggling because the changes that were made just don't, they just don't make a lot of sense when you really get down to it. Because what you're talking about is you're talking about being scrappy and using guns and using armor and this, that, and the other thing. And that's not at all what I'm saying. And I think this is a good distinction to make because it's not the guns or the armor or whatever. It's the ability to go find a book of matches and a cricket and whatever and sell it to have enough to fund a playstyle that you die more. Or maybe you're still learning PvP. Maybe you're still learning how to PvP. And you need more money to fund that learning. And that does not ruin the gameplay of the people that are good at the game. I understand the change in raid, the found in raid change. I'm okay with that. But moving the flea market or really any ability to make currency to stay even engaged in the game so far out for casual players is a mistake. Tarkov is going to learn a lesson that a lot of games learn. When you kill off the casual player base at the expense of whatever you're listening to, the game dies. And I really don't want that to happen, but I think Tarkov is going to learn a lesson with this. We don't really have a definition around casual player. And again, I, I wanted to draw the distinction between a couple things that, you know, you, you mentioned some advantages and there's some strategic things that you can kind of go around both of the things you're saying, right? Like, Kev, you talked about playing in a team like you're pretty confident that you're going to get your loot back. When I'm playing solo and I die, I basically count on not getting the loot back. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I get a fair amount back, but I never get the gun back. The gun is always gone. Like if I'm factory solo, gun's gone. You know, even really wherever I die, unless I know I died to an AI scav, which, you know, it's happened a few times this wipe, you know. I've died to AI quite a bit, actually. They are aiming for heads and chests like crazy. That's another oh, topic dude. for another day, right? They really are. It feels different. They're not yeah. blocking limbs as much. They are just shooting you in the chest with their crappy shotgun. But because we only have a pack on that's level two, yeah. you're done. You're done, though. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think I might sometimes, some days die more to a scav than, than a player. Because they just don't miss. Yeah. And they see you through a bush. You're waiting for them to pop out of the bush. They're like, I don't care. I'm going to shoot you through it, you know? Right. But I, I just think there's some real advantages to playing with people. And there are some real disadvantages to playing solo early in the wipe. And this is my first wipe. This is all of our first fresh wipe. So this is kind of like raw feelings and emotions after playing for a week. And I've just talked to a lot of people that are talking about like, you know, hey, I used to do money runs on reserve. Right. So they, of course, what do they do? They, they start the wipe off, they get their pistols, they go to reserve and they get all this stuff and then they die. And they've got all of this stuff that used to be valuable on the flea market is kind of valuable to the traders, but not really. And it's not found in raid because they die. Mm -hmm. And now their way of funding their economy is gone. Right. right. And, and, and I, Barrick, I know that's not your way. You don't have yeah. your keys. You don't have your red rebel to get out. So you have to. Hope that you have a big enough rig in your inventory already because you can't buy a bigger rig. And then you have to go and, you know, shimmy through the manhole. So I think yeah. that everyone's the playing point you're making, yeah, everyone's playing different. And I think maybe you're playing different. Eric, I know you're playing different because you're having to focus on XP. I'm playing different. I think all of these changes have forced playstyle differences, but you brought up a point and it is, I, I think there is a lesson here. I think that the find and raid changes, I do agree with you on this, that those changes may be really good for the long term of the game because it creates a true 
scarcity. It, tr- it really makes you think about what you put in your gamma. Like I had a point today where I had a T plug in my gamma, a T plug, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Probably the least valuable item last wipe that you never picked up. I didn't even remember it was in a task. They were so easy to figure out. Now you're on farming part But two. I had a T plug <laughs> because I need, exactly, exactly. And you're like, I need four so, of these. <laughs> right. So I had a T plug in there over I don't. I had green gunpowder in my bag and tea plug in my gamma. That's how focused I am on tasks and what's needed there. But you need to have that found in raid, right? You need to have it found in raid. So, so that's where I would just go put the. I would still have the green gunpowder because I I can I can trade for an ammo case at that point. Yeah, and see, I that I hadn't even really thought about the fact that if I die, it doesn't matter. Yeah, what's going to be and useful if I brought upon the death? Tea plug out. <laughs> yeah, that's what's true. useful upon death. So, so that's like a lot of the the shift in thinking for me. Yeah. So let's save that because that's actually a great point. But I want to wrap this point up and I may not even be done with it. But my whole point though is that I do think right now the person with a low amount of playtime, right? Casual doesn't necessarily mean skill, right? I think someone with a lower amount of playtime that isn't playing a ton in the beginning of the wipe or is just playing some hours here and there and primarily maybe a solo player. I think people that play in groups, even if you like just have a Friday night squad or whatever, I think there's some real advantages to that. But I'm I've experienced some of the challenges as a mostly solo player. But yeah, man, I don't I Eric, I agree with you, man. You said it and it just kind of hit me because I sort of had that feeling just from talking to people that I think punishing is the is the right term and really it's where the flea market is. Being moved to level 10 is just super challenging with this change. I do think right now that that's the thing. I think if flea market was level 1, I think it would change the whole dynamic or even level two, like force someone to get a level. I don't know. But I don't think it's teaching players anything. I don't think it's doing anything other than saying like, you know, you've probably have it figured out how many hours you're going to have to grind factory with subpar gear at this point to get to level 10. You are correct. I have figured that out. But I think the original voice in the community of the flea market is so expensive and all these things are whatever. I don't think that really matters. Like, so the, the, the whole motivation for making the change was wrong. And, and, and that was my point before the wipe. I, I am on record in one of the XFL episodes talking about how scarcity is going to make everything more expensive, like those 60 meg cases you're talking about. And on top of that, people are going to hate it after a while. Right now, it's still pretty fresh. But on, on top of everything being more expensive, you are broke or you're almost broke or it's very hard just to get to level 10 in the first place. And the episode feedback, and I'm, I'm okay with it. You can say I'm bad at the game or whatever. You can, I mean, I, I can take the shots. I'm talking about this because all of our episodes and our whole show, the premise is that we talk about what is successful and we talk about where we're struggling, right? This isn't a show where we just tell you all the things that we're awesome at and then, you know, expect you to be in awe of our greatness. We try to talk about what it's really like, right? And for me, at 50 raids, dying 35 times, and still at level 8, like in the middle of level 8, I still have another like maybe 18,000 XP to go. That's a pretty steep hill to climb. Like right now, I'm out of armor. I have no more armor. Mm-hmm. And I've got a bunch of pistols left and three three guns. So then you go scav, right? And you get whatever you get from scaving. Okay. So let's say I scav and I pull out an 8R if I'm lucky or an AK or whatever right? But I don't have any money to buy ammo or extra clips. So I just get whatever the scav had, right? So at this point, 
I still have to do that in the amount of time it takes for me to set up for a raid. It, let's say it takes me an hour and a half to set up for one raid. That time investment then, if I die in that hour and a half again, I see people uninstalling and I, it's needlessly punishing. And I see that I see people uninstalling and I could be totally off base. And if people want to you know, reflect on that, I think that would be a good like talker for our community. Because I'm sure everyone's going to have a different opinion. And Kev, I appreciate your, I'll say, totally you know, opposite opinion of mine. Like I, I appreciate the fact that we're talking about it because I think there's a lot of different perspectives, right? And I, I think that's good. And I know that there's going to be a lot of different opinions. And I, I just wanted to make sure that when we talk about the wipe experience, we didn't just focus on how successful or moderately successful everyone is. We need to recognize that there's all different kinds of players playing. And I think that people appreciate that about our show. And that's really all I had to say. I agree with it. I agree with what you're saying there, because it's, I guess my question, and, and maybe this is just a question, more of a generic question, but I truly believe there's a lot of people in this scenario. I actually know there are. I've talked to quite a few of them. And I think one of the biggest challenges with Tarkov, a hardcore game, and to some extent, I experienced this on PUBG as well. It's really challenging to not be in a good spot in the game, right? And it's the same with any MMO, WoW, whatever else. I'm sitting here wondering, like, how do you manage this? What's the strategy? Uh, I know people are in this situation. I really do. And, and there's a bunch of little strategic things that I'd like to get in and talk about. But I don't think talking about the struggles. And again, I, I also like the fact that... <laughs> That Kev is like, no, I disagree, man. <laughs> I'm in a different spot. And that's good yeah. because I, I am too. I was able to out time, I would say. I, I was able to out time, out play time my struggles thus far. And I, I can say that pretty honestly that there was a few points where I was in a rough spot too. I had low ruble count, but I was able to be like, all right, I'm going to go run scav on cooldown for a night while I'm editing. I ran scav cooldown solo and literally just farmed up money to the point that I had like 1.5 or 2 million rubles because I was going in once every 30 minutes, just quick money runs. And that's not a reality for everybody. But hold on. There's a, there's a good point there. Yeah. Before level 10, you can't do that. You're not going to get a million rubles from scav running before level 10. Sure you can. I did. You know, I, I did it on interchange. If everybody can do that, I would be shocked. I honestly... I had to adjust what I was looking for, for sure. And I was definitely looking for certain things that I could hold on to that were small, like keys, that I wasn't going to use and sell. That was for sure. I was waiting to get to 10 to sell. The only really big thing by the time I got there, though, that I had to sell was one extra marked room key, which got me 450k, and I promptly lost all of it in hideout upgrades. Right. Because, again, I, I, I might have had enough money to go and build the gun that I wanted, but instead I ran, like, the no sight AKM a few more raids because I had stuff upgrading because like last wipe I fell into I am not good at PvP. I don't understand what's going on. I'm gonna scav and make money. And I'm gonna scav and make money. I think at that point my only motivation to hit level five was to get you know get the flea market. I, I, I agree with that, but instead I was just like I was saying, everything I get and put in a gamma is can I sell it to therapist or use it for progression? Because if it's not going to help when it's not found in raid, then it's not worth it. And another thing that I've had to really change, I think, and I think all of us are, is like not being too proud to completely reset. If one, you get the item, that one item, I've never wanted to like leave more just for one thing. 
And it could be that T plug, like you're saying, because, oh man, I haven't seen these and I've been looking for them for two days. And like, I know this thing only sells even on the flea market for 3K, but it's part of farming part two. And I, I know I only have one more thing to get there. But if I can't win a fight and my friend's dead, I, I used to try and avenge his death, but now I'm leaving. Sorry, bud. You're going to have to lose. You will, you will lose your gear this time. I'm, I'm leaving. And I, I expect the same for my friends. I don't, I don't expect my friends to lose their hard-earned gear set because it's never been harder to earn over my bad positioning or just my unfortunate head tap that someone got on me. That's not my problem. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to, to you know, give them something. But like, I don't think that you can so you can't go for PvP as much as you wanted to, and you have to back out of PvP a lot more than I ever ever want to admit. You just have to you just have to leave a lot. And I think your experience is totally different because you play with people all the time. It's a lot different playing with another person. Yeah, but have you backed out of fights on your own? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I have exfilled what you would consider probably to be ridiculously early on purpose just to get stuff. I have no problems with doing that. Again, it just comes down to it's a numbers game. You know, and there's different skill levels, and I just think that there is a group of people like me, and and it's okay that I'm not like you or Trigger, and I'm good with that. I just think there's a group of people out there like me, and I'm hoping that they, you know, take a little bit of hope, because I'm not uninstalling. I'm going to get through it, and I look forward to talking about when I get through it to give some people some tips. But like Mike said, I had to make some conscious choices to play the game differently. I think that a lot of people are probably faced with the decision do I want to invest the time in this or just not? That's the consequence of the decision that Battlestate's design change is putting on the casual player. It doesn't matter how good you are at PvP or if you exfil early. It's the amount of time that they're pushing on people to get past these certain hurdles that I think is making it unreasonable for at least a certain group of people. Yeah, I guess the only other thing with like the level five is like as a solo player, 100% getting there on your own hard very hard for the player who's done it before um and for someone who's going to maybe say not play this month but they're going to play next month and their friend has the soleil was for them their friend already has the option to get them mp133s i have seen people who've never played tarkov get level 5 in a night and they don't understand or appreciate any of what's going on when they hit the new wipe and suddenly your rich friend who gave you everything isn't helping you anymore. And now you're like, how do I use the traders? So I think like I've learned how to use traders more. I wanted to talk about the way that you said you were trying to solo and get your XP, which was going to factory just to get a lot of like scav kills and stuff, right? But last wipe, you found a lot of your success, especially when you stopped scaving and PMCing more going to shoreline. When I have had solo runs, it's been a lot of shoreline. I'm looking for keys and jackets. And this was at level five. This was at level three, you know, uh, keys and jackets and taking my sweet time. Uh, a lot of times going at night so I wouldn't be seen by anyone who, God forbid, did have a good scope and sneaking to the areas where I didn't think players are going to be taking extremely weird pathing. You know, like if you're going on the road, you're not on the road itself. You're not really on the beach much, but you're on that like strip with all the bushes and stuff heading towards gas station from village area, right? Instead, I'm like taking the ridge or coming at an off, just an off angle so I don't have a chance to run into somebody. And I'm focusing on slowly getting my kills and on the scavs, looting up that extra loadout and taking that out and using both of those. I've been avoiding factory because it is a meat grinder, especially when you don't have the gear to back it up and if you don't have the armor to back it up. So I think like, I just wonder if that's like not helping too, because 
every time I've gone to factory, it's either I get out by the skin of my teeth or I just die because it's it's just a harder map, in my opinion. It's harder for me. I have a hard time with that. So honest answer, how many hours do you think you have to play each day that you put in like a week? We're, we're, we're all stuck inside. I think like next swipe, if we if we have some, you know, less social distancing, I want to I, I miss going to the bars, man. I, I miss going to the park. <laughs> yeah. I miss going to concerts. Um, you know, I, I want to go to a barbecue with family and friends. But as a single That's... guy with no kids, yeah, I'm playing a lot of Tarkov, dude. Like, wh- what else am I supposed to do? <laughs> no, it's, it's good context, though. Because, and I, I'm glad you brought that stuff up, though, because if somebody finds this a couple months from now or six months from now, it's good to know that, yeah, we're right now, everyone's is at home. But it's a, it's a good question, actually. I'm, I don't even have a commute. What, so, yeah, what is it? I don't even have a commute to take, you know, the hour out of my day there, right? I don't have nine hours of work considering the commute time. I right. wake up, I sit on my computer, and my day ends, and all I have to do for my commute is take my HDMI cable and switch it to my computer from my laptop. That is my commute home. Like, so yeah, <laughs> I'm going to eat dinner and like take a shower, and then I'm going to be on for four, five hours, and if I really want to grind, I'll stay up way too late, and then I won't play the next day because I'll be exhausted. But yeah, I mean, I'd say like four or five hours at a night with nothing else going on. But I yeah. can't wait for next swipe. I know I'll be further behind, but I will have a social life again. And holy crap, I need that, you know? Right. So yeah, I, I expect things to be harder next swipe if everything stays the same and or I had to restart tomorrow and I could go out more and have like, you know, go to the gym and stuff. Like God knows I could go to the gym. Like if I can do like, it's just going to be different. Yeah. If I have less time to family commitments or social life, like whatever. Yeah. It's going to be harder. Yeah. This would be a different conversation if I didn't have time to plan beforehand. Planning every wipe. I'm, pl- I'm planning every raid. Planning every raid after that. I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm going to hold this one so I can string on that one. Like, yeah, it's a different story when, like, there is work and Tarkov and, like, really not much other time. Like, other things to distract me from. It's a different. It's a different story. I, I don't think if you play one hour a week or 40 hours a week, I don't think there's things wrong with that as long as you're taking care of business, right? Your responsibilities and yeah. all that crap. But is it fair to say that you put in 20 hours a week? Is that fair? I'd say like, yeah, 20, maybe maybe like 30 on wipe week for sure. Like okay. wipe week and like, I think even next wipe, I might plan like, oh, I'm going to have an extra weekend. I'm going to take that weekend off of going out. If I don't have a wedding coming up, you know, if I don't have a major life event for me or a loved one. Mm-hmm. Well, then Tarkov's a, a major event, you know, like that, that is the event. So like, why not take advantage of it and, and put some time into it? But that doesn't mean that like, you know, I won't change my priorities to not be gaming and, and then have, and then not have the time to do what I'm doing and get the progression that I'm getting. But I think I'd still try and think about it solo with a squad with time without time. Now that I know the difference between scabbing a bunch and like going for money compared to focusing on missions and hideout upgrades. I think I'm going to focus on missions and hideout upgrades every time I wipe my account or the game wipes my account because I've found that as hard as it is, like you feel like it feels more rewarding getting something done and hitting that complete thing. So that kind of drives me to keep going. And, you know, you get some extra stuff at the traders. You get to level 10 a little faster. It's changed the way I play because now I'm questing and I used to hate questing and I have time to do it right now. Yeah. And I and I think that's I, I love that for a couple of reasons, right? Because you talked about what you're doing strategically, both in-game and out-game, as you're thinking about what you're going to be doing and, and thinking ahead. It's early wipe. It's our first time doing it. I think all of us are thinking about it a lot more than than normal. But 
I think it's really a good thing to draw this this correlation here. It's not even it's not even a correlation. I think it's just really good points. I think that the fact that you guys disagree and I'm somewhere in the middle is actually why Tarkov is such a unique topic. But Eric, in a given week, even right now in the first week of a wipe, and again you had some you already alluded to having some interesting work circumstance, but how many hours in a given week do you normally have to play Tarkov or game? So is it fair to say, Kev, that you can put in right now between 20 and 25 hours a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More on the weekend and like a solid two to three in a given night, yeah. So that that means in four-week period, you know, you're going to be at that 100 hours probably, close close to 100 hours. Yeah, yeah. This, this wipe, for sure. And I know the concern has been that the game will get old and people will quit because there'll be nothing to do in three weeks, right? So that would mean in 100 hours of gameplay, that would be enough time where you would get bored with it and probably want to switch games to something else. Mm -hmm. Or it wouldn't wouldn't hold your attention. Okay, so we've kind of established like that's the amount of hours that, you know, let's, let's say let's use that as like a benchmark, right? So if I can play four hours a week at this point, I'm probably doing well. And I have to prioritize that four hours in the most efficient way possible. So that means that for me, that means that I'm literally looking at like months before I catch your one month of gameplay time. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why I don't go to Shoreline and spend 45 minutes doing a scav raid because it's just completely impractical. And so what they did was they took people like me who, unfortunately, I do have a family and I do have a job and I do have commitments. Because of having all of life commitments, right, I I know there's a group of players like me that can play four to six hours a week, are going to take literally probably three or four months of progression time to catch up with your less than a month time. So when we're having this conversation about where the pain points are, you guys just don't experience them at all in the same way that this group does. And I'm just in that group. Yeah. And my point is to say that I don't know how large that group is, but anecdotally, I've run into a lot of people and had conversations with more than 10 people who are in the exact same spot as I am. And what I'm trying to figure out is, did the changes that Battlestate made to the design of the game, I think, are pushing my group of people that I'm in right now away from the game. I think they're going to get to the point where it's just not worth the time because it's supposed to be fun. And I think that's kind of the risk that Tarkov is running. And I'm only making that distinction, not to pick on you, Kev, but just to kind of prove the point that the, oh, go play the game differently or go play the game better or do this or that argument that you're not necessarily making, but people do make towards people who say that the game is hard or whatever, or the game is punishing. That is all in the context of the amount of time that you have to play. If I had the flea market right now, it has nothing to do with wanting to game the flea market because that system is very different. It has everything to do with being able to maintain the economy to progress meaningfully in a shorter amount of time, which you cannot do without the flea market. That's my primary pain point. And I think maybe we'll talk, maybe we'll turn into next week's episode teaser about how I plan on pushing past those things. I think that would make a great episode for next week because I have been thinking a lot about it and I think there are ways for us to get past that, but that that's where it's at right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was kind of, I've, I've said it a few times with like the Fountain Raid change, right? Knowing what therapist pays for things, that has been a huge thing 
I think, too, right? Like the what was valuable before is not as valuable now until you reach a point. I agree. Yeah. If you're if you're someone who knew how to make money in a certain way and that's not working for you, that's hard. And if you're someone who doesn't have the time as well, this is just a punishing part of the patch for you. And it, it sucks. And yeah, you're probably right. It will probably turn some people off. I don't know if you can make a solution to that with the way that they go six to nine months on a wipe, though, because if we scale it back to your average player with the average amount of time, let's say they're playing 12 hours a week, right? They can get on Monday, they can get on Thursday for two hours those two days, and they can play for four or five hours on their Sunday morning into their afternoon. And that's their play time. I still think it's high for the average player. It might be. But I mean, I know, I feel like I know a lot of guys in their 30s with their family, with their jobs who about get that time. And maybe it's spread out a little differently. And I see those people still get to mid-wipe and they're, they're bored too. They're not as bored as someone who's level 40, 45, has kappa, has millions and millions of rubles. But, you know, it, it gets to that point where like if, if it got too easy to get to somewhere within two months time for the average, average player, then things are just, you know, the month there was there was a point last wipe and I think it was Bitcoin farm where it's just like, well, this wipe is no longer challenging, you know, and I understand that they that you're talking just about the early wipe and the, the flea market and, and how you make value out of not having the flea. But I think thinking long term on, on the whole wipe and, and the way that these wipes have been anywhere from six to eight to nine months, I think you do have to worry about there not being an incentive to play for for even the average guy. Because I know a lot of guys who just stop playing once they hit the, they'll just stop playing, they'll hit 40 and they'll be like, all right, what other games are out there? I'm done. And that 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 player base is still pretty big, and they need something. I think the game just changes. When we got to the point where we had the Bitcoin farm, I think the playing field got leveled so much that a lot of those people don't like the level playing field. They like being better than everyone else and dominating. And then when it gets to be to the point where it's more people are more equally geared and equal skilled, they don't like that. And they start dying more, and they get frustrated and leave. I think that happened because I watched that happen a little bit. And I think the other piece that happens too is it doesn't matter what level they were or how long it was going. There's a lot of people that just switch games. So if it was, you know, whatever, they'd switch games. But I would say that I had a lot of fun in every phase of the first wipe we went through. And when I got to the point where the economy was not an issue and given the amount of time I have to play, it didn't matter. I could actually enjoy the game whether solo or with my friends and I could afford to buy the guns that I wanted and buy the gear, whatever. When it was just slicks and X-fills and M1s with thermals and whatever. and But because of the hideout economy, it allowed me with less playtime to be competitive. That is not a loss to the game. That just means that the game equalizes out. So, so what? So I didn't have 150 million rubles, but at some point it doesn't matter. At some point it just makes it so that everyone can enjoy the same level of gameplay. I don't think that is a bad thing. There are a lot of aspects. They're putting so much MMO into this FPS and we're crossing two very different types of player bases and ways of thinking. And because of that, the FPS guys are not used to what MMOs are. And and when you have an MMO, you can't wipe an MMO like this because the people that come from playing MMOs are like, okay, I just realized that none of this matters. The amount of time I'm putting in is not meaningful. So why should I play this game? And the FPS guys are just like, great, I'm going to go run around and kill some more people and then I'll just progress my character again and you know it's just another season because you're used to that in other shooter games and things like that tarkov has a great opportunity to attract a more diverse player base they can really pull from both groups of people 
But what they have to realize is that punishing the MMO side for the sake of the FPS side is going to turn the game into another FPS that just dies and goes along the wayside with all the other shooters that have died over the years. And I don't want that. Like, I'm saying this because it's not that I'm mad that I can't progress or or not progressing fast enough. It's because I have a desire to progress. Having not enough time to progress, but having the desire is terrible. And, And having the game artificially hold me back just for the sake of holding a player back is is bad game design. That's kind of where I've gotten to this week with my analysis of Tarkov. I guess I just feel like I I've, I've seen that sentiment from the PUBG side with no gear and no progression and it's just the fact that like damn this game is hard and these people have all this time in just time, not not gear, just time, knowledge of like I can rotate like this, get this stuff and yeah, you see people who don't have the time and it takes them a year to get just to the point of playing an environment. And to a degree, I'd say you're absolutely right. Because what are we looking at with PUBG? We are looking <laughs> I was, at. I a, was wondering if you were going to go oh, there. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm not, I'm not like this blind. I'm not, I'm not going to like go so hard on my, my point. Yeah. Like I'm going to like forget the things that, that PUBG is doing wrong and, the, and the, the hurdles that they're facing, right? I'm sure yeah. Trigger and I will really get into that. But. I just understand and I think it's like you just kind of have to like tell the person in that situation or at least I've had to tell people in that situation like it will get better. But yeah, this game is just hard. I think PUBG just just really was a struggle for me for so long that it bred me to liking the suck of a, of a game. I mean, I came from console. I never used a mouse and a keyboard. And then I was playing against 1,500, 2,000 hour players. I was getting killed by the likes of Choco Taco and Hambino. My idols were just destroying me. That was where I had to cut my teeth. And they are making it harder to cut your teeth in Tarkov at the beginning of the wipe. I agree. And it's hard. PUBG did turn people off with that. Tarkov is has exploded and exploded it right after money got a little dip. The, the economy was different last wipe. It was the richest wipe of all time. Now it feels like the poorest wipe of all time. But before any of us picked up the game, you know, I have people who, who have done this a million times say there was no flea market. The game was small at that point. I don't know if that's because of bugs or because of no flea market. I don't know the answer to that. I expected this wipe to suck and I tried to plan for it. And yeah, having a squad, having the hours to put in because we're in a freaking pandemic is like playing in my favor right now and having the mindset. I think mindset, though, has just been important for me. But I, I see what you're saying. I, I do feel for people with less time and with less shooter experience, it's not going to like carry you through with your crappy gun or something. Like I, I understand. I don't have an answer for it. I will say that for me, it's not a mindset thing. I have played MMOs that are harder than Tarkov. I have wiped on raid bosses in WoW for months. And that is playing every day with your friends, sometimes every week, I should say, with your friends, sometimes three or four times a week for maybe up to like 16 hours total a week for months and not progressing past the thing you're trying to do. And that takes more dedication than I've seen from any FPS player in my entire gaming career up to this point. So it's not a matter of mindset for me. What this is, is a matter of having the carrot be something that's realistic for the amount of effort that you have to put in. This is where, again, and I don't feel like you're saying this, Kev, but I need to make sure that I say this to the people that would have feedback for this show. I'm not saying, you know, Don't come to me and say, well, just get better at the game. That's not what this is about, really. This is just about making it so that if you want your game to survive, Battlestate, I'm going to give you the one thing you need to have your game survive. You need 90% of the player base to be a bunch of casuals that come with money and spend it on your company. 
if you don't have that, you will have a bunch of great people that burn out every six to eight weeks, just like happens right now in Tarkov. We watched it happen in the last wipe. A couple months in, all the people who had time and had the experience and were good at FPS got sick of playing. And the casual stuck around for the whole wipe because they were grinding their way incrementally through the game, playing it and getting a little better with the little bit of time they had. And punishing that group that stuck with you for the longest time makes no sense to me at all. And I think that they just don't understand that yet. Trigger, you've been quiet for a while here. Well, it's it's great to me. Like, I, I'm okay being a spectator sometimes, right? And I think that seeing you guys start, you know, I don't know how big the camera is on this, but seeing you guys start <laughs> out here and move closer incrementally is cool, right? Because it's a conversation. It's not a debate. And I, I really like listening to that. We always get feedback when we talk about PUBG on the show, but I'm going to go there. And I um, PUBG really was a hard game. It is a hard game, and it's really hard to get into. You alluded to that. It is. Tarkov is a hard game. It's hard to get into. I find it really interesting that after a decline in player base, that PUBG has made significant changes for the casual player or the new player to come in. They've brought in bots which as any Tarkov player knows, bots can be really challenging. They can two-tap you in the thorax, dang it. But not these ones, <laughs> not on PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I know, I'm saying. But they're, they'll learn, right? They'll, they'll tweak them. But my point is they're bringing in bots for the casual player. The bots aren't for the veteran PUBG player with thousands of hours. You can't argue they're for the veteran player, except for getting a game to start, which is fine. But my point is that it seems like, to Eric's point, PUBG is learning the lesson or learned the lesson and made some changes for the majority of the player base or the average player that's playing, you know, I don't know what the average amount of hours per week is, but it's probably somewhere for a gamer, like a, somebody who's playing a fair amount of games or would say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a PC gamer. It's probably somewhere between 8 and 15 and maybe that's high. I don't know. You know, it's not 30. It's not 40. That's definitely a more of a hardcore casual. Maybe not streaming for a living, but I'm in that same boat. And I do stream a fair often or fair amount, but I have a family. So I'm in the probably 25 to 35 hours a week. And I have five days where I can stream for multiple hours, right? So I'm a hardcore casual, no question about it. So it's just really intriguing to me that this is where the conversation, we didn't plan any of this for crying out loud. I was talking about all the things we were going to do to get better and all of that, but maybe we all need to get back on and talk about, <laughs> talk about you know, all of our strategies and stuff. But to see this conversation go the way it did is, is fascinating to me because I see a lot of people having fun and I see a lot of people that are struggling and asking questions, right? The general chat in Xfil has been filled with everything from like, oh my gosh, like how do I do this? How do, where do I go to find a gas analyzer? Where do I go to do this, that, and the other thing? Because in the last wipe, it just wasn't that hard because, I don't know, most of us, I think, started mid-wipe. And by then, the people that were already playing the game for a couple of months when we started in December, they're not running around Ollie anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah, I could go in Ollie and loot the whole thing clean. This wipe, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to run Ollie. Well, I go to Interchange the first few times this wipe, and it was just like, there's a lot of people in Interchange trying to get hoses and gas zone, analyzers. Right? <laughs> it, right? It's a totally different experience. We were warned that Ollie would be a war zone, but we didn't believe him because it was a ghost town at that point. You're right. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if I had to really take an honest look at everything that was said, my own thoughts, and then what you guys have said about it, 
You know, I, I have to take a look back at the flea market and look at the one major thing there where they made a change where it was going to be level 15 at one point, and then they knee jerked it back to, to 10, right? And if there's just this like arbitrary carrot of having access to that, that it doesn't even seem like Battlestate really understands where they want that thing. And I don't know that Battlestate had any idea the effect that this find and raid change was going to really have on the player base because it has changed a whole heck of a lot. I've played with people that play 20 or 30 hours a week. They're hardcore casual gamers in PUBG and Tarkov. And just yesterday, I found myself explaining why they had items that they couldn't sell on the flea market and they were like level 14. You know, so we read the patch notes and we do videos on it and we stay up to date on this. But how many people were running raids? I I still think there's going to be people that hit level 10 and they have all of this stuff saved up and they're going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) Why why can't I sell this? Or why isn't this worth as much as I thought it would be this white? Because if you saved all the chocolate bars that you found, which I'm still saving them, but I'm saving them for different reasons. They're not worth anything yet because no one can make. You know, no one can use that to make sugar to make moonshine. So no one cares about it. The market value is gone. So you're like, wait, but that's that was my bread and butter at the end of the white. But now it's like, no, 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 you want blue tape and you want wires and you want tubes because you're going to make corrugated hoses and sell them at five times their balanced out level once everyone's done with it. Right. I think it's about how many wipes you have, too. How many wipes do you have on right. your belt? I I agree. And I think this is sort of just, again, and you called me out for being quiet. And it's a lot to do with just, I think this was a fascinating discussion about how big a change to an MMO, FPS, hybrid, whatever you want to call it, can really make. And, And they made a couple changes in a short amount of time that really drove some of this. So what I really want to do here is, do we have any closing thoughts on the painfulness, the struggles? Because I think where I want to move after that is just to talk about some of the things we've learned, maybe some lessons learned, and maybe the strategy associated with that. And we're going to do a little bit condensed, and we'll talk more about it next week. Any final thoughts on on the pain points? Because I'll I'll be honest, you guys had a great conversation on it, and I didn't mind really sitting on the sideline because I really did enjoy that. And I, I mostly appreciate that you guys come at it from you guys hard disagreed. You even said that. I hard disagree with basically everything you said, but you talked about it. To me, that's actually some of the best conversation around this that I've witnessed thus far. Yeah. And I guess I would wrap up my thoughts with saying that all of that being said, I'm still hopeful for the game. So I am not uninstalling. I'm still playing. I'm adapting my play style, my play availability, and my time to kind of get to where. I need to be in order to progress in this new kind of design of the game, right? The new set of circumstances that Tarkov has given me. So I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I think one of the best things that can happen when you're in beta in a game, and this game still isn't beta, is to give constructive feedback, not just to do complaining or anecdotal feedback or whatever, just kind of. So what I'm going to do, understanding how Tarkov takes feedback, for better or for worse, I have an idea of how I'm going to summarize this in a way that's not whining or complaining, because it's not my goal in all of this. My goal is to make it so that when the game does go actually to 1.0, that we hit a point where lots of people want to play, because I think the idea of this game is a lot of fun, and I want to share it with a lot of people. So what I'm going to do is take my experience and concerns and type them up in a way that 
can be given to a game designer or developer and share that, you know, just share some some just experiences that I've had with it. And, you know, if they take the feedback, great. If they throw it away, that's fine too. But my goal is to make the game better. And my goal of being on the show is to talk about how my experience is playing the game. And so this whole time, that's kind of where I'm at. And that's that's still how I feel. So all the things that I said tonight, all the things in the show that were negative and that were you know, would lead people to say like, why are you still wasting your time doing this? It's like, no, 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 I want this to be successful. So I'm still invested in it. And I think I just wanted to make sure that I made that clear. Yeah, I'm sort of chuckling over here because it's like, I have been so mad at games for changes that they've made. But at the at the time, I didn't I didn't have an outlet, and I don't hear anger. I don't hear that you're like <laughs> pissed off at the game. It's like it's concern. No, this change really hurts, and I think it hurts this player base. And I think this is the thing that's causing it. And I think you did a really good job of outlining that. I don't really have any points to add to that because I think you did a really good job outlining who it affects, why it affects, and the system that's involved. I look at my play style, right? I go through my lens and say, well, if the system that you're talking about, the flea market and when it's available and some of the pain points you talked about were removed for a more casual player, would that really affect my ability to have fun in the game? My honest answer is no. I don't know that with the find and raid change, I don't think it matters when the auction house flea market is in the game because it's going to represent a scarcity market with the find and raid change. So I don't think it matters when people are finding stuff and putting it on the flea market. I don't think it changes my ability to have fun and enjoy the game. I really take your points to heart. and I'm going to think on them because I'll be excited to talk about it more um, as we hear from more people too. So also anyone that hears this, this is the show response. If you have a thought on this, we, we want to hear it. And sorry to jump in, Kev, I know you got thoughts too, but I just wanted to voice that, that I, uh, I appreciate the way you laid that out. And um, I don't think what you recommended would change my enjoyment of the game at all. Yeah, and so I don't know if five is too low. Part of me thinks that five is too low, but ten might be too punishing. Maybe if it was seven or or five, where you had to actually complete some missions, most likely, um, or put a decent amount of time in, like a decent amount of raids, to get to that XP point. Maybe that's a, maybe there is a middle ground still for the flea market. I think we're also maybe overlooking the change in how much XP it takes now to get from levels one through twenty. They did change that aspect so whereas last white i could see someone if i helped them and i gave them the salewas and their mp133s and their their m3 armor i could see them get to five pretty quickly maybe that's not even possible later in the wipe now but i think what i've noticed is that you have to, with the found and raid change i think it's great from a player that likes to plan and i've never had to plan more for every single raid and for a string of raids than i have before and that's a lot easier when you have multiple days in a row to play because you wake up and you remember where you were. I've gone back into Fallout saves and not remembered where the hell I was and what I was doing. And that is a game you put in on your own for a very long time. But you're like, you know, you, you got to go save the people at Abernathy Farms. Like, who who are they? I don't even remember who they are. You know what I mean? So it's like, I can see how if you only have a certain amount of time that, that this is really challenging and, and planning is harder. And I've obviously spent like a lot of last wipe building the knowledge of the quest and the knowledge of their progression. Whether or not I did it in the right way, I like I tried to build up a big knowledge base. And so I think I brought that and rolled it into this patch decently well. I think if you look at the three of us, and if someone's looking at a way to gauge their own success, it's not about maybe your survival rating, but if you look at the amount of raids that we've all survived, 
and then the level that we hit. I think that's pr- I think surviving raids has become more important than ever, and the amount of raids that you survived directly correlates to the to the XP and then the level that you get because you know I have about twenty raids survived and I'm about level thirteen. Ronald has about you said thirteen, fourteen raids survived and you're about level eight. Trigger, you have about thirty five raids and you're about what level twenty three now. Twenty one, yep. And I, I heard that it'll get easier after twenty to get like it'll be normal again. So there'll, maybe there'll be a lot of maybe you'll get to thirty faster than you thought. But I think if anyone's trying to gauge their success, it's going to be measured by just the amount of raids you survived. Yeah, you're going to have to plan more than ever. You're going to have to really think about like what happens when you spawn here and when I'm going to have to ditch because if I lose this gun, I'm never going to financially recover from this, as Joe Exotic said. You know, the wise words of Joe Exotic, I am never going to financially recover from this. Before they get the flea market and you can flip things, that feels real. And if I had gone to 4K when I was at set level 7 and I didn't have a stash of guns because my friends brought them out and I was able to do some scav runs where I built like a decent thing, I couldn't imagine playing this game solo with a standard account, no stash space, right? And also not having a knowledge base. Like it, this would be a nightmare. It would. It would be a nightmare. But I think it really requires a lot of planning and a lot of a lot of knowledge. You're going to have to use guide. If you don't have the knowledge base, you're really going to have to lean on guides and people who made things to try and alleviate that burden for you, for sure. This is a hard patch. I I like the hard, you know, the hardness of the game and when it gets to the point where there's nothing that's hard and challenging me in that respect, like I'm not going to challenge myself with just PvP. It's it's going to be the task and stuff. So it's a different mindset. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's it. I'm going to have to plan, plan a lot more. I think your lessons there are good, right? I, and I appreciate you taking that uh, <laughs> the lead that I gave there on on lessons learned too, because planning is is really critical. And I guess for me, the thing that I really like and have learned too is survival's key. You know, everything I'm doing is to survive raids. And that said, there's been times where I needed to push XP. There's times where I needed to push tasks. And the raids that I didn't survive were the ones where I had to get out of my comfort zone and go try to do a task. And I maybe tried it two or three times in a row. And I had to try it different or unique ways. It wasn't always good. It wasn't always pretty. Um, But I've also learned a lot about the trader items and how little I knew about modding guns. Holy cow. You know, they they sell so much crap that I didn't know about. And I guess really what it boils down for me is the number one lesson I've learned is it's okay to play slower. I stop a lot. I listen. There's been times where I'll get something and I'll sit in a bush or I'll hang out for a couple minutes to let things cool down. You know, if I get in dorms, get a task and get out, I don't just sprint to the wall. I've been having a lot of 10 minute, 10 minute timer beers, uh, or just, just put on some music and, you know, I've seen people just chilling in a bush waiting with chat and it's like, this is Tarkov now to a degree with Fountain Raid. Right. It's surviving's critical. And I think that's really the, um, the thing that I would put there. And, and we'll dig into this more next week because I think there are a lot of little lessons and specific ones we want to get into. And this thing took a, a wide turn and I'm, I'm really <laughs> glad it did take the turn. But what about you, Eric? Is there any like, any lessons like that have really maybe they're new lessons or ones that you'd learned previously in the game that are resonating with you right now? One of the things I appreciate about doing the show is that our perspectives on this are so different. And that means that we can kind of explore things from a lot of different angles. Because whereas you both talk about how it's okay to slow down, 
my biggest lesson was it's okay to speed up. It's just playing the game totally different, right? And if I hadn't started speeding up, I'd be like level two. There's certain things about the way that everybody plays and what everyone's comfortable with that you can't just go with a generic, just do this and be successful. You have to find a way in Tarkov to balance the fear of dying with the necessity of living. You can't sit in that bush and totally go on the safe side because you'll just run out of time. You got to make your way towards the exfil. So you have to learn how to PvP. You have to learn how to survive in PvP. But at the same time, you also can't just run full chat at it if you're not good at PvP because you're never going to make it out, right? I think that there's such a broad diversity in gameplay styles and opportunity. The game really has a chance, and I'll say it again, it has a chance to attract such a wide variety of gamers and keep them. They just need to make a few changes. The biggest lesson that I've learned tonight is that the diversity of play styles is still alive and well, and I think it's a good thing. Like, I, I think it's a good thing that there's people that play this game totally differently, and I think it just makes it more interesting. So I like that Kev finished his point with he thinks that 10 may be too high, but 5 may be too low. Do you think, Eric, that there's any value in not having the flea market at level one and maybe it's level two, three, five, whatever it is to kind of along the lines of what you said to get in raid and you do have to learn how to PvP, you do have to learn how to survive. Sometimes you play slow, sometimes you play fast. The diversity is what's really neat about this game and could make this game go for a very long time. The flea market is obviously that piece right now that we talked a lot about. What do you think is the spot that it should be allowed in the game? or you should get access to it. What Tarkov needs is to reduce the barrier for a new player to get engaged. Tarkov dips their hook in the pond, and the new players come around and nibble at the worm, and Tarkov is lacking that thing that sets the hook and catches them in, right? And so Tarkov needs a new player experience, and a lot of other games do this. They have new player tutorials. Some games are tutorials. Some games are actually in-game early progression that is essentially kind of meaningless for the end goal, but gives you some early wins. Like look at your typical MMOs. All MMOs do this because the systems are generally the same, but the implementation of those systems is so different that you have to learn their specific way of doing it. So an MMO will give you the first four or five levels teaching you how to do things. And Tarkov, if they had something like that where they had, let's say, levels one to five were totally reworked where the amount of XP that you got was really not really impactful for the Kappa grind and all of the stuff that's endgame kind of thing, but took a new player and gave them what would seem to a veteran player really easy, easy wins, but to a new player would seem like, oh, wow, I actually completed a task in my first 20 minutes of gameplay. And in my first five hours of gameplay, I was able to do, you know, five or seven tasks. So now I understand kind of what the different tasks are, how to find the item, how to look for it, you know, in a bush or under something, how to kill a scav, what the difference is. You know, the mechanics of the game could be taught in a way that doesn't destroy the veteran experience because the veterans would get through it so quickly. Or even better yet, if you've already played a wipe, you skip it. It just skips you. It gives you like a thousand XP or whatever, and you skip all of it and you don't have to do it. But if Tarkov had something like that, I think a lot of these questions would go away. And a lot of the 
I'm trying to figure out how to say this, like a lot of the uncertainty about how to do things would be addressed before people really ever got into the game. So I think that the introduction design change, which is totally not there at all. And you can say, well, the game's hardcore, just drop in and go. Eh, I mean, maybe, but there's other hardcore games like that too. And I've played them and I don't play them anymore. It's it's one of those things where I think Tarkov has enough other compelling things at the end of, of the hardcore grind that they can make that they, if they just make this change in the beginning, they will get people having the desire to grind through the actual hardcore stuff. Right now, there is nothing that creates that desire for a totally new person other than curiosity, or your friends are driving you to do it. And so I, I, that, that's what it's lacking. <laughs> I, I actually love that point because, <laughs> you know, you, you put that, you didn't answer my question, but it's okay. I'm going to answer my own question. You put that in the context of something like the flea market, which currently has an arbitrary spot. The truth is, if the game's too hardcore, the new player's not going to experience the flea market, right? If they get to level nine and they're like, I just, I can't sell anything. I can't make any money. And the new player leaves at level nine and they don't get to experience that thing that could help. It may not be the only magic bullet. That's a fail, right? Again, I, I love that concept of a training or an initial task and yeah, if you've completed a wipe or if you've completed it before, you could you could just skip it. But it's things like, it just made my mind explode. It could be, yeah, loot a weapons crate, loot a, uh, a, a scav, right? Loot a dead player or scav, um, survive and raid for five minutes, exfil successfully, <laughs> right? Like, that's one of those things, like, um, you hear it from every new player. They drop into it and it's like, I don't know where the exfils are and the game doesn't tell you. It says you need to go to this place, but you don't have a map, you don't have anything. But you could definitely teach a player without taking away the hardcore nature. That's an interesting, interesting thought. I like that. Personally, after talking about all this, I, I would agree with you. It needs some kind of intro. I think the flea market's pushed too far out for no reason. I also sort of take Kev's point that maybe it does need to be a, after some sort of gate so that it's not this carrot that you're like, oh, well, I can just sort of skip progression and just start selling and farming and learning one area and make a bunch of money. It'd be nice if you got a couple tasks done, got a few things done before you could just go straight to trading with other players. So that's that's also a good point, but I think it would play into the introductory tasks as well. So yeah, that's really cool. I like it. It doesn't help that the intro tasks happen to be some of the hardest in the game and happen to be some of the most RNG in the game. You know, how many people are still just looking for gas analyzer where are they you know i'll just take one of my friends who was level eight still was stuck on finding a 133 shotgun he couldn't find a shotgun and extract solo for the life of him it just like he would find it and he would die or he would he would go through a whole raid no issues kill scabs kill players even like he wasn't having like that much of an issue but just his luck was not on his side he was losing his mind like legitimately losing his mind and 10 was the carrot and I think he came close to being like, I'm done. And I had a lot of people messaging me like, this is the, this is too hard or this is not fun. But then they got to 10 and like getting that DM, you could see the excitement through text. Like they were excited. It seemed like the way I would read their messages is like it felt rewarding enough that now they're like, now I've bought it. Like it was so hard and discouraging that once they got there, the buy-in just came at level 10. And for me, the buy-in came on my first wipe at level 5. So maybe there's just a middle ground. And like every single wipe, they're messing with these dials and how hard things are going to be to see where they want to drop it. 
and leave it. So, you know, they tried five. They thought about 15. Everyone said, no, you're nuts. You're crazy. Do you even play your game? And then they did it to 10. And, and people are struggling now because now the wipe happened. And they added more XP that you need to get to 20. Maybe all those things combined just makes it feel so much more punishing than you remember if you did it before. And if you never played it all, you're like, I'm never going to climb this first hill to get over the mountain. Yeah. I actually wonder if the current XP needed would be similar to what the old level 15 was. It probably is. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Which is what everybody said, don't do it. <laughs> I think I think they said like, all right, well, we're just going to like sneaky go and make you get the 15 anyway. And then they said, you know, Pestily said once he got to level 20, it felt like he was moving very fast because it was the normal XP per per thing. It's a work in progress, and I don't think they've hit it. And I think everyone had good points from different types of player perspectives. And I don't think we have one definitive answer on where this should be. And I think that's why making a game is hard. And I'm glad that I can just complain about it or praise it and just talk about it. You know, like I don't think we're necessarily complaining, but like we can just debate games instead of having to be the one who sets the dial and then deal with hundreds of thousands of people going like, you broke your game or this is not fun. It's too easy. You know, you have the you have the one side that's like, I hate the ASVAL meta and all this stuff, and they think it's too easy. And then there's the whole other group that's like, I can't get to level 10, you know? And it's like, where do we make it so that we can appease both sides? And will you ever? I don't know if you can. Yeah, I think the problem that we're trying to solve, I'm glad that it's here because it makes great podcast content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why we all do it, right? right if a game was perfectly designed we'd have three episodes it'd be a how-to and then we'd be done we'd be out of a job that's right that's right and and just for everybody out there who's listening to this and if you've made it this far kev i love you man you know that (laughs) we just like to argue dude (laughs) it's good stuff it's good stuff all right well i think we've uh we've all had pretty good conversation about that there's not much more to say I will say as a teaser for next week, look forward to episode 24. If you're in the stream, we are going to talk some strategy things like we kind of alluded to uh, beforehand because um, we'll be farther along in our Tarkov grind. We'll be able to share some successes and share some, you know, misses with everyone. So look forward to that. But if you've made it this far, you're starting to see the green bar flash on top of the screen, which means it's time for us to get out of here before we go. I want to say thank you for listening, and please, the best way that you can promote the show is to share it with a friend. If they have two hours to burn, now that everyone is staying inside, if they have two hours to burn, then they can listen to this. Hopefully, it helps them out. The other way you can share is to give us a review on Apple or on Stitcher, on Google, on Spotify. All those different platforms have follow, review, whatever. Just please leave us a comment there. It helps the show reach an entirely new audience, and also on YouTube. If you could check out youtube.com slash xpmedianow, where you can see the talk show version of this show. You can see Kevin and I go at it with the virtual uh, red versus blue tonight. You can come check out our facial expressions, see how angry we really were at each other. All right, everybody. We hope you have a good week. I hope you're enjoying the wipe, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See you, everybody. Thanks, guys. See ya.